This is Beyond the Birds and the Bees, an Underpinnings podcast. I'm Brenda Lane, and I'm speaking with Kelly Connell. Kelly is a sexuality educator, counselor, and consultant with a master's in human sexuality education from the University of Pennsylvania. She practices in southwestern Michigan, but she is available through her website, Kelly Connell Consulting, and Life as a Sex Educator on Facebook. And we'll give that information again at the end of the program. So Kelly, this is going to be an ongoing podcast, uh, releasing probably about once a week or so. And I'm looking forward to talking with you and learning more myself uh, from a, a certified sex educator. But today we're going to discuss the name of the podcast, Beyond the Birds and the Bees. Yes. So the birds and the bees is commonly used, especially when we're talking about the beleaguered parent, you know, trying to explain reproduction uh, to their tiny humans right correct (laughs) and so this is beyond the birds and the bees because there's so much more to human sexuality than simply reproduction absolutely correct human sexuality encompasses so much more of our life the way we feel uh, the different aspects of relationships how we feel about our bodies who we're attracted to how we identify our gender our sexual orientation what gives us pleasure, so much more than just reproduction. And in every phase of life, really, from birth to death, we are sexual people. I always say from womb to tomb, we are always sexual people. We all have sexual feelings, needs, needs for companionship, affection, touch, love, pleasure. Now, in subsequent podcasts, I know that you're going to be willing to address people's specific questions uh, about their sexuality or any type of sexuality question. It can be it can be difficult, really, to face to face ask someone a question like that. And you are willing to deal with anything in any arena here of sexuality education on this podcast. Oh, certainly. I'm willing to take questions. I've always found that when people can submit questions anonymously, Anonymously, they're more willing to submit questions. And obviously, if somebody submits a question to my Facebook page or my website, uh, I, it might not be anonymous, but I'm going to keep all contact information confidential. Mm-hmm. And then you may select some of those questions to use on the podcast. In, in that case, of course, it would be anonymous. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> all right. Very good. So we said that we were going to discuss, you know, this name of the podcast, Beyond the Birds and the Bees. You mentioned lots of different aspects of human sexuality. Um, let's start, I guess, at the beginning. You said from womb to tomb. And, you know, how do you see sexuality starting you know, closer to the tomb age instead, or the womb age as opposed to the tomb age? Well, we know that uh, little children, toddlers, for example, uh, they find their genitals and they know that... Even as a baby? Even, well, yeah, as a baby or as a toddler. You know, they don't know that there are these names for them. They just know that they find them and that touching them feels good. Uh, Also, teaching them uh, anatomically correct terms for body parts is extremely important to do that right from the start to sort of demystify any stigma around any body part. It's just, you know, everything is part of your body. Everything has a function. And when they know anatomically correct terms, they are more open and understanding and willing to talk about things and it just makes it more normal and also it helps reduce the idea the sexual abuse among kids because they're more able to identify 
their private parts where somebody is not supposed to be touching them, you know, all those kinds of things. When you use euphemisms, it's not clear. And sometimes they will talk to adults and adults won't understand that they're trying to tell them that somebody's touching them inappropriately. I hear lots of debate uh, among parents or among, among professionals too. When, when do you start, you know, when do you start having the talk or when do you start dealing with, with kids about sexuality? And basically, based on what you're saying, uh, it really does start very early on from the time a child can even understand any kind of communication with these proper names of their genitals and their body parts. Yes, there's a really great book out that I always give a, a gift to anybody I know that is uh, expectant parents uh, by a friend of mine, Dr. Mark Schoen, called Belly Buttons Are Navels. And it's a wonderful book that sort of takes kids, little kids through bath time and uh, how their uh, body parts are identified in the bath, all their body parts, not just their genitals. You know, these are my hands, these are my elbows, these are my toes. You know, this is my penis, this is my vagina, this is my vulva. Just really just normalizing it as they're in the bath, learning about their whole bodies. There, There is a lot of misinformation out there, especially with young people, probably at all ages, but especially with young people, it seems, about sex and sex education. And, of course, there's also a lot of exploitation of children uh, of both sexes, um, maybe, maybe women, you know, young girls more so. But do you think that some of that could be alleviated, not only the exploitation, but also the misinformation if kids were uh, learning to understand their bodies more you know from an earlier time I think so and I think the other part of it is teaching kids that it's okay if they don't want to hug somebody that they own their own bodies that they don't have to let anybody hug them kiss them hold their hand touch them if they don't want to even if it's a family member you know that it's, this is my body and I decide when I want somebody to hug me and I decide when I want somebody to hold my hand and and things like that yes and I think you know certainly the internet has changed everything with being able to download pictures very quickly and text and all of that and I think that if kids had better understanding from the beginning about the different parts of their body and uh, consent and ownership of their body they'd be more likely to speak up when somebody was trying to get them to do something that they weren't comfortable with do you also think that this understanding of their body and teaching kids even from a really, really young, early, early age from from the womb, if you will, also uh, would help with some of the body image issues that the young people are dealing with? Oh, I think so. I mean, learning that there are all different kinds of bodies out there from the beginning. I mean, babies are born with different weights, different lengths, different, you know, some are really have that chubby baby fat, some don't. You know, and as they go through and kids grow at different paces, everybody's body is different. And I think that if it's explained to them, you know, no two bodies are alike. Uh, everybody has, you know, pretty much the same parts depending on how they identify their sex. Uh, it's It goes a long way when you talk about these issues from the beginning because it opens the door for future conversations. You, you know, waiting until somebody is 15 or 16 years old to start talking about these issues. It's never too late, but in a way, you know, it's hard to jump in and start then. Some parents 
find it rather difficult to talk to their children about their bodies and using the actual names of body parts. How do you feel about the, I guess, the swimsuit talk method? You know, I've heard some parents say, well, the easiest thing is to just say, okay, you know, you put on your bathing suit and any place the bathing suit touches, nobody else should touch. Well, I think that that's sort of a good analogy about kind of defining what private parts are, but kids also need to know that, you know, nobody has the right to touch any part of your body if you don't want them to, whether it's sexual or not. You know, nobody has the right to touch any part. So the swimsuit is a good way to be distinctive as far as the the very, very private parts of your your body. Yes. And at what age do you think that you should start incorporating talk and education and conversation about reproduction with with kids? Well, you know, that depends. I mean, there are some kids that, you know, when they're very little, their parents are expecting another baby. And obviously, a child can see a woman's pregnancy advance, and that's a good opportunity to talk about you know, that there's a baby coming and the baby's inside the mother's body and where it is and all of that. And kids, you know, they develop uh, at different ages. But I think that it's, you know, it's never too early to start encompassing that and sort of looking at life experiences. If you see somebody out there who has a newborn or who ha- is expecting to sort of use that as a teachable moment, uh, SICUS, the Sexuality Education Information Council of the United States, on their website, seekus.org they have some really great guidelines is that seek us like s-e-e-k-u-s no No, it's uh, s-i-e-c-u-s sexuality information education council united states okay thank you for the clarification Mm -hmm. um they've got some really great comprehensive sex education guidelines that talks about you know at, at this age by this age your child should know this by this age your child should know this and of course it's not written in stone because we know that kids develop differently mm-hmm. you know their their emotional development their cognitive development it varies but it's sort of a guideline to use about when to introduce different topics what they should know you know very early you know by the age of you know three they should know their body parts in well, general I, I know that you're a very strong advocate of of early uh education for sex education for children and i know that we'll probably do uh, an entire topic on that one day you're also an advocate for education for uh sex an advocate for sex education for older adults older americans yes and i think what's interesting is that when people hear that you know you should teach your kids sex education from a very early age they kind of misunderstand what that means because they don't realize that part of sexuality education is learning correct body parts is talking about owning your own body is right talking it's about not consent. it's not just telling a three-year-old that it's okay to go out and have sex right I mean, that's ridiculous right. um it's you know starting with the basics from the beginning so that as they go through different stages of their life as they get towards adulthood they have a foundation of knowledge on which to build I know that one of the the topics that's been in the news a lot is gender identity um, and the different types of, uh, I guess, of ways that people do identify. Um, I guess in in our our world view, um, it's not just male female anymore, and there's a whole you know a whole lot of topics that surround 
that idea of, you know, who are we sexually? Yes, and gender can be very confusing for some people. Uh, we know that gender is not a binary, but we've known that for a long time. I mean, if you look back in history. Well, who's we? Well, <laughs> I mean, some people do. The some people, people, well, some the people, people, the people who study sexuality, I yeah. should say. You know, if you go back and you look at Native American tribes that have the two-spirited people that identify as part male, part female, that's been going on for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, yeah, then you got mermaids. Mermaids. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. There's, you know, there's evidence that uh, in literature that uh, people were representing through history that identified as more than one gender. We just didn't have labels for it. And of course, they couldn't really be open or out about it because it wasn't accepted. Now it's becoming more understood, more accepted, and people are willing to be more open about how they identify their gender. I mean, Billy Dee Williams just came out and said that he identifies as gender fluid. Interesting. I didn't I didn't know that. I had not heard that, but I've obviously I've heard a lot of it from other people. And, you know, I think that sometimes when someone who is well known like that, it it does get in the news more and then we start talking about it. But this whole idea of uh of gender has raised issues about public restrooms and um, the way we speak to for and about people absolutely where it has to do with gender absolutely and uh, what country was it just passed a law uh, I can't remember that if you have a gender neutral bathroom it has to be labeled as all gender and you know I think that that's great and even even some corporations are starting to do training on not only dealing with each other as far as you know the general people in the workplace but also with customers or patrons of businesses as it has to do with gender and how to identify people yes. how to speak to people yes it's, what, it's using correct pronouns you know, it's not just he she anymore correct. correct and i think it's just really a matter of respect to address somebody the way they want to be addressed you don't have to understand it at all because it can be very complicated but you do have to accept that that's how they identify their gender. Well, those are just a few of the things we, we really could talk a lot longer about beyond the birds and the bees, but we'll be doing that with uh, our, our upcoming podcast. So we hope you'll keep listening. Today, I'm talking with Kelly Connell, sexuality educator, counselor, and consultant. Her website is Kelly Connell Consulting, and you can find her on Facebook and under life as a sex educator and feel free to submit any questions if you'd like for her to deal with at subsequent podcasts you've been listening to beyond the birds and the bees an underpinnings podcast i'm brenda lane